Welcome back to the Living Ever Now podcast. My name is Will. And my name is Jake. And today I'm going to be having a discussion with my friend Jake <laughs> about minimalism. <laughs> All right. Can't uh, wait. Here we go. <laughs> uh, I think minimalism is super interesting, but at the same time, with all of the cultural zeitgeist around it, I also think it's super pretentious and yeah, actually, kind of annoying. Okay. Uh, and I generally try not to identify with, I guess, philosophies or clans of people. I try not to hook my identity into anything other than myself. So I, I don't want to like call myself a minimalist or an atheist or, or any ists. Yeah. Yeah. Same. But if like, I had to pick one thing in my <laughs> no, life no. that I would be considered like other people definitely consider me a minimalist, whether or not I call myself that. Yeah. Um, so I've been thinking recently about whether or not that's a good thing and kind of the, the pros and cons of minimalism and why minimalism is interesting to me and why minimalism is not for everybody. And if there's any point to it at all, or if it's just uh, a symptom of the modern depressed mind or something, I, I don't know, but um, I, th- <laughs> I think yes. we should talk about it. Hold on. <laughs> I think that, no, I don't think it's a symptom of the modern depressed mind. I think that's a little rash. I well, th- okay, so what I mean by that, minimalism means a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah There's sure. minimalism in terms of the things you materially own. Right. But there's also like minimalist design in like architecture. Yeah. Which I think is the worst kind of architecture. Okay. So I'm, I'm a minimalist with the stuff I own, but the kinds of buildings I like are not minimalist. Right. And there's a lot of interesting theories about how the complexity of a society's architecture is directly related to the strength of that society. So as buildings become more boring, that's a sign that the society is deteriorating. Interesting. And you could say the same thing about interior design, like oh, a room that's all white with white furniture and nothing in it kind of feels hollow. It feels kind of depressed. And yeah. I honestly don't think it's a stretch to say that, you know, the Gen Z angst is more prone to minimalism than two generations prior. Interesting. Hot take. Maybe. M- maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not as well. <laughs> maybe. I think minimalism is very practical. Honestly, if you just yeah, think about, so, if you think about mm-hmm. like basic material minimalism mm-hmm. and you think about the modern empl- employed person, you can work from home and yeah. that means you can work from anywhere. Really, mm-hmm. within a given set of time zones, if you but if you really want to wake up at any time, you could literally can work from anywhere. And having lots of material possessions stops you from that flexibility of being able to do anything at any time and go anywhere, right? Like you could say the same thing about having children. Like having children locks you in in a certain aspect of like, I don't want to move them school to school to school to school the rest of their life. There, you know, we've been a good product of that, but it doesn't work out for every child. And I don't know, like, obviously there's opportunity cost there. There, it's not that it's not that having children is bad or having lots of things is bad, but there is a clear advantage to having um, a minimalist lifestyle 
if you value certain things. And then there's a clear advantage to having children or having lots of things if you value those kinds of things. But I, I personally like a little bit more balance. Like I want very few things, but I want them to be nice. And I like quality. I really value quality. But I even get looks. I mean, I don't think I'm near as minimalist as you. Clearly, like if you just look at my fucking floor, it doesn't feel the same as your room, right? Like I spent extra time to buy a fucking rug, right? You know what I mean? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's extra of me, but there's also like anybody that comes over is like, where's your room? (laughs) They're like, what's going on in here? That's because you sleep on a futon, not because you don't have a lot of things. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. So... (laughs) There's the the similar problem that we have in a lot of these episodes, which is you language is hard sometimes. So there's the minimalism you're talking about, which is just owning few things. But then there's, you know, the aesthetic, there's the lifestyle surrounding minimalism. Yeah. Um, Digital minimalism. Digital minimalism. There's almost a such thing as cultural minimalism. Okay. And if you've ever heard or read anything by Marie Kondo, that is almost along the same lines. She's like a Japanese interior designer, and she's the lady who says, you know, you have to pick up everything you own, and if it doesn't spark joy, you throw it away. Mm. So she she's kind of in the two worlds of the materialism as well as, I would almost call it cultural minimalism, like the... You know the guys on YouTube called the minimalists? I've never watched their stuff, but I have read their website. It honestly is a cult. Yeah, I think like you you touched on something that's really important to me in the first place, which was just not aligning yourself with any school of thought. I think that it's just really dangerous to label yourself. Like I really value, I'm not your fucking poster boy. Mm-hmm. I really value that part of myself. Like, cause you said it clearly too, which is just aligning with yourself. Like I align with everything that Jacob says, not minimalism per se or any, mm-hmm. anything like that. But yeah. I, I do think it's natural to want to align your things yourself with things because we mm-hmm. value community uh, sort of evolutionarily. Totally. totally. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, I haven't seen their – I haven't dug into their stuff very much, the minimalist guys. But they're it, It's cult. interesting, and I, I think they have a, a good message, but I do think, like you're saying, it's weird to call yourself a minimalist in a way that is not just describing – the number of things you own. It's like right. who you are. Right, right, right. But that's like, I'm really focused on identity. And I think that labels have a tendency to, if we're not careful, and this is why I don't try to label myself at all, they have a tendency to rule you. You start, like, I'm a Democrat. I start thinking like all the other Democrats. And now when a Republican says something useful, I can't like it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Versus like not labeling myself with that. I ha- I can like whatever I want and dislike whatever I want. And I'm under nobody's agency. Mm-hmm. And maybe I have less of a community, but I'm okay with that. It, so like, far as I can think for myself. The negative aspects of tribalism, I guess. Right. Like my team versus your team. As right. soon as you put a label on it, anything that's not in your label is kind of bad. Right. Or it's hard to break out of that mentality. And least. I think, I think, yeah, I think it doesn't happen immediately, but it's a gradual thing that don't really notice over time but yeah just listening to some mm. congress people speak i'm i'm very curious about that as far as labeling goes or even listening to regular people speak about politics You're like you really believe that 
They're like, yeah, Mike, you know, whoever said it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> People believe weird stuff they and do. minimalism might be one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're here to find out. <laughs> All right. So what, where else does this go for you besides just material stuff? Well, I, and, I think it honestly might be first and foremost just a personality trait. And okay. I noticed that in myself a lot since I was a kid, for the most part, the things I've enjoyed have been simple things. And I've consistently liked different aspects of enjoyable things in other people, but in a, the things that I like that are different are different in a consistent way. So an example of this is back when I was in high school, I used to play a lot of video games. Uh-huh. And the video games that I would gravitate towards were very different than the video games other kids were playing at the time. It wasn't Call of Duty or whatever the, the right, big right, right. fancy graphical game at the time was. I remember the games you were playing, they were crazy. <laughs> like my favorite games were Dwarf Fortress, which is basically an ASCII text game with a little bit of color. Okay. A game called Spelunky, which is like 8-bit Mario looking shit from the 70s. All right. And then... What was the Miami Vice type game with the oh, guns? Um, that was fun. That was fun. Hotline Miami. That was That great. is a fun game. <laughs> and I almost had a little bit of disdain for like games that took the opposite approach. And I wouldn't, disdain's a, a, a rough word, but I found it hard to agree with people who cared about graphics in video games because you know, the games from 10 years ago look like shit today, but 10 years ago, they were the best in the world. And like the games that look amazing right now are going to look like shit in 10 years. Right. And that seemed obvious to me. And it seemed to me that the things that make a game fun are not the visuals. And as I matured a little bit, I just realized that's just personal preference. Like I just enjoy different aspects of these games and other people. And they're not, they're not dummies for like in, uh, there was a game called Fireside or Firewatch at the time, which was like the most beautiful game that has ever come out. Mm-hmm. And now no one talks about it because <laughs> now there's more beautiful games. Um, and I still think I'm right about that aspect. Yeah. But the things I cared about were just this, the simple things, like the, the, the small enjoyable things. Or another part that has probably hugely contributed to my desire for a simpler life is that I had to move around a lot as a kid. And Mm -hmm. every time my family moved, my mom would come to my room and she'd say, okay, uh, put everything you want to bring with you to your next location on your bed. If it doesn't fit on your bed, it's going to the army thrift store. And that was my life. And I now really, really enjoy that. It it just feels good to own less for me. And that's the reason why I am a quote unquote minimalist. Not Uh because I care about some grand philosophical vision about happiness for me it just feels good yeah it just feels good to own less i like being able to put everything on my car and just move yeah, yeah yeah nothing's tying me down yeah no you got you got no ties um i think i think that's beautiful in a lot of ways and, and i appreciate the backstory too for like why you think you might be that way i think it's interesting though in the gaming perspective because i feel like it might be a different trigger not necessarily like the moving thing because i feel like that's is very much like personal preference that you may or may not have been born with. I think that's really interesting. 
that but, you, you had that kind of like woke perspective on video games at, as a teenager. Well, I, I think it's kind of the same thing. I just enjoy, like, I don't know what the, the root of it, what the root cause of it is, yeah. but I enjoyed simplicity. I, I was, that's and so interesting, yeah. I think it's primarily rooted in the ability to control it or to understand it. Uh-huh. And simpler systems are easier to control and understand. Uh-huh. So I like having a simple... Um, digital environment. Like I'm really into minimalist software and text-based commands and all that shit Mm -hmm. simply because it's easier for me to understand and I can control every aspect of it. I can modify every piece of source code if I want to. And you can't do that with Mac OS simply because it's too complex. And Mm -hmm. even though it does lots of cool things and Mac OS looks beautiful, I prefer the simplicity because to me, the control is important, and I think that might just be a personality thing. Yeah. Same thing with the video games. I like being able to see everything, control everything. Like, I just enjoy different aspects of it. Very cool. Yeah, I will say that I just I've I've definitely had less since I've known you, and I'm really happy about that because I feel like it's almost an accomplishment in a culture where. I would say generally people are maximalist. Mm-hmm. Like we literally have a show on television called Hoarders. Mm-hmm. That that's like that's like a programmed television. Mm-hmm. That's wild to me. I mean, what other kind of societies have that? We're so lucky to be able to have that kind of thing and lucky to have these problems. But at the same time, it's a problem, mm-hmm. and it makes me feel good to not ride that wave and I don't feel like I need to buy stuff all the time. I don't feel like a slave to my environment. I don't feel like a slave to advertisement. I feel like I own the things I want because I want them and they usually serve a purpose. So I think most things in my life are very intentional. I'm not a big hoarder. Um, and, and I would say too, I just got a rid of, got rid of a bunch of stuff from my closet because I had, I developed this rule that was like basically first in, last out. Or sorry, first in, first out. Yeah, is that it? No. Oh, but you're probably not doing it in that literal order. Yeah, yeah. Not, not that literal order. But much like inventory, I was trying to figure out what I don't use anymore or what was the oldest piece in there and get it out of my closet. And in a way that I didn't want to have any more like I bought a certain number of hangers and I don't want to have to buy hangers ever again was what my mentality was. Mm -hmm. And I expect I will eventually because I think that as a musician, there's going to be certain outfits and things that were like for a show or something that will become valuable to me. coats and stuff, yeah. No, 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 like like a tour set, like a costume more or less. Like those things will become cherishable to me in Mm -hmm. a way that's not, I don't want to wear them every day, but Mm -hmm. I want to keep them um, Mm -hmm. in that way. And... I I ended up uh, getting like three bags full of trash or t- two full bags and like one little bag full of uh, clothes that I just don't even wear, mm-hmm. don't even use. I don't need any of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even use most of that stuff in a long time. And I use some of it a lot, but I had other things that I use more. And that was the point. Yeah. Like I don't need all this. And I think that's a really important Distinction whether you want to be minimalist or not in today's society that can be learned from a minimalist mm-hmm. culture and can be adopted is that 
like, and I feel like it's like a keeping up with the Joneses thing too. And it's kind of Morgan household, like keeping up, like moving mm-hmm. the goalpost thing too. It's like, you just don't need that much shit. You really don't like you're one person. You don't need that much stuff and you can be really happy with very few things. And I think that it's kind of a lie that we're told through programming and advertisement and all kinds of stuff that buying things provides a certain set of relief, but it's just like prioritizing short-term fulfillment over long-term fulfillment. That's, that's the wrong way to do it. It has to be long-term over short-term like clothes, buying new clothes is not going to make you happy. Yeah. You look cool, but buying more and more and more is just not it's not mm-hmm. it like you have to be intentional if you're if we're gonna buy clothes why are we buying clothes you're right like i need i have cl- holes in my shit i need to get new clothes okay that's that's a great reason you know but just buying to buy that's just or buying to fill a hole that just feels like therapeutic shopping that's a thing mm-hmm. that's horrible retail therapy yeah what the fuck like yeah. who popularized that that's fucking fucked up malls big malls. <laughs> yeah big milk <laughs> big milk um <laughs> So I think you're you're touching on something that's super important that I want to pull in a little bit, which is the relationship between the things you own and the amount of freedom you have. Mm -hmm. And I like to think about the things that I have to own. And in general, I think a good philosophy is to try and minimize the number of things you have to own. So not necessarily the things you own because... Some people are sentimental and they enjoy having things that remind them of the past or, you know, as a musician, you have to have all this equipment and stuff. And that's the most frustrating part about it, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is a huge lift, like to bring anywhere. Yeah. So maybe you fit into both buckets or maybe the buckets aren't super discreet things, Mm -hmm. the things you have to own and the things you want to own. Mm -hmm. But there's things I have to own for work. Uh, Right. I don't have the option to get rid of my cell phone even if I wanted to. So right. just because of the path I've chosen in life, like I almost feel like I have to own a car, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just to drive to work every week. So I think it's an interesting tangent to what you were talking about, how you become a slave to what society is trying to tell you to do, like advertising, consumerism, and the the more you buy into that, the more you have to own these things. Yeah. And you go into debt because you own these things. Yes. And yes. It's, it's just so crazy that it might be possible to not have to own anything and everything you own, you, you have chosen to own. Mm-hmm. And a really cool corollary or a consequence of that is when you have a fundamental lack of quantity, you compel an increase in quality, I would say. So if you only own one pair of shoes, they better be a good pair of shoes. Right. If you only have one cast iron skillet, it probably needs to be a good cast iron skillet. And you enjoy the things you own even more. Yeah. Because they're important to you. You've chosen that that thing is in your life. You don't own it for no reason. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think... That's that's very true. Um, all things become more precious when you own mm-hmm. fewer things. Um, yeah, totally. That's super true. Yeah, and an, an interesting takeaway from thinking about minimalism and materialism a lot is that I think even though I end up owning less than most people, I don't know if I think about materialism less than most people. I think I probably think about it the same amount of time. Yeah but I just purchase less Mm -hmm. and 
I'm not actually saving myself any mental stress because I'm still, you know, researching cast iron skillets, making sure I get the best <laughs> one. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how much it's actually doing for me. I don't know how practical it is, but at the end of the day, it just makes me feel good. Yeah. I, I uh, sort of envision a life for myself where I have not the most things, but I have very high quality things and mm-hmm. like the best of the best, like you're saying, like I want the best coffee table and mm-hmm. want one of them and I want the best dining table and I want one of them mm-hmm. or I want to make it myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's another interesting tangent to this conversation is sort of the idea of making anything yourself mm-hmm. and that enablement because or like if you needed something, don't buy it, make it. That's kind of interesting too. And I feel like we do do that sometimes, but we could probably do it more. We definitely could do it more, but. Like what do you think? Like I want candles, make my own candles, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I want a perfume. You've made your own perfume. Mm-hmm. I made a cologne, Jake. They're all perfumes. Well, whatever. We're That's- moving on from this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't project. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's interesting because if you take that to the very extreme, you end up living in the middle of nowhere, like yeah. being an isolationist. Yeah. But that is the opposite of freedom in, in some ways. Like you're free in a lot of ways, but it's a lot of work to be self-sufficient. Totally. And when you're detached from society, um, I don't know if it was Jordan Peterson who had this point, but the amount of work it takes to uh, sustain your own life and the life of your family just based on like a small chicken farm is quite a bit of work like you're not actually free at that point because you still have to live you still have to eat food you still have to make stuff you still have to fix your house like being a pioneer right. in the middle of nowhere might be free in some sense but you're not free in the way that me living in the middle of denver can own nothing and walk around and switch jobs and do whatever i want with my life in a different aspect so it's not so cut and dry that you know getting rid of your stuff or being an isolationist will make you more free. Right. It's a little bit more nuanced than that, unfortunately. Yeah. Because I'd love to live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I don't think I would, at least all the time. I would like it if there's a big enough house mm-hmm. and like lots of my friends there. So here's what you got to do, actually. Build a compound. Build a compound <laughs> and then get a bunch of robots to do all the farming and chicken work for you so that you actually are free. Oh, I didn't think about the robots. We don't have to have, we don't have to hire a keep. We yeah. can have robots. You were talking the other day that it's weird to have a butler, but if your butler's a robot, it's totally fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. See? See? We're on to something here, Jake. I'm not even playing right now. Like, wow. Robot butler. I've already started. We have a Discord, and in that Discord, (laughs) we have a bot that I have made, and it is basically your butler. It will keep you on track with all your life. And your habits. And your mainly, habits. Mainly your habits. Actually, just your habits right now, but I have plans <laughs> to extend it to do other things such as get you dressed in the morning and cook you breakfast. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> no, it's 7,000 lines of JavaScript. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. a deep learning algorithm. We're getting there. <laughs> um, did you have any other points that you wanted to hit before we close? I don't think so. Minimalism is hard for me to talk about because I feel like I'm a little bit too close to it to okay. kind of see you know, the broader perspective. And I, I don't know how I feel about the aesthetic of minimalism. I, I know I enjoy the materialism side, like getting rid of my stuff, but as a consequence of that, you end up living in a room that's like white walls. Yeah. And that's cool and like 
hashtag minimalism on Instagram looks really pretty, mm-hmm. but I don't know if there's, I don't know, unintended side effects of that. Well, I I was kind of getting at this the other day when I was talking to you about, like, I didn't really know about the Marie Kondo thing. I think I've heard that before maybe, like, in passing, but mm-hmm. I never attributed the idea to her or anything. But I was just talking to you that about that the other day. Like, I buy a lot of things intentionally to not like spark joy could be a way to say it, but really just provide inspiration. And I think that sparking joy is probably a close definition of what I'm getting at when I say that. Um, but she's insane about it. Like if you read her literally, she sounds like a crazy person. She talks to her socks. Like she takes her socks out of her drawer and she's like, does this sock spark joy? If not, she throws it away or gives it away or something. I think that's fine. But like, I like <laughs> honestly, like I have socks in my closet that we don't spark joy. I should get rid of them. I guess. You know, no, but no, seriously, like, you know, like I have a cookbook over here. Mm-hmm. I don't even plan on using it to cook, but I really like the design of it. And I think it's really inspiring the way that they've lined things up. And it just is aesthetically pleasing to me. And I, I want to have it around to open up whenever I so feel like it and get a little taste of something. Uh, pardon the pun. Do you think you could get to a place in your life where even your socks are quote unquote inspirational to you? I think you could, and I think I'm trying to get there now. I'm trying to appreciate fashion more and appreciate aesthetic more and and appreciate curation more uh, just in general. Like having a sense of like having a style or having a very curated style and having like, you know, a look to you, a smell to you, that kind of thing. Um I'm I'm interested in exploring that, so I'm I'm kind of curious and peeking at that at the moment. So potentially is the answer to your question. But this mm. Naruto rug brings me in this grass on the floor. It brings me more joy than I think people know. I think it's a personal thing and a personal like ode to my childhood that brings me probably immense joy, probably more than anything I own. Both the both the combination of the two. Really? Yeah. It does nothing for me. See, see what I mean? Like it doesn't ma- like, yeah, it's not about anybody else, yeah. but most people wouldn't even know that if they came into my room, mm-hmm. but that's a very personal thing. But I would say the vast majority of things in this room do that for me. And that's why they're here. Mm-hmm. It's all intentional. I think that's a, I think that's probably a good vein. And that's how we end every episode. <laughs> it's all about, <laughs> well, a lot of people because of the, the cultural weirdness around minimalism, stop saying the word minimalism and they say intentionalism. Because it's essentially the same philosophy. Right. We're, we're just trying to get at it like, don't buy something for no reason, I guess. Essentialism, minimalism, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Like have have a why, even when you're purchasing habits. Yeah. Especially with your purchasing habits. <laughs> Please, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Interesting. Okay. So I think that wraps it up for me. What okay. What do you think? I think they can find us online at livingeverynow.com. Nice. Um, Instagram, living every now. Twitter, living every now. And join our Discord. We got a hab bot, um, Mr. Fillion, uh, booty booty. I'm sorry, <laughs> Will made. And um, and we've got also lots of other cool things in there, like a creative mm. feedback channel, chilling text. Every Monday night, we do a little mini productivity session. Yeah, study with us, mm-hmm. slash do whatever you need to do with us. We have, we'll play music and not talk to you. It'll be fun. Bye. Um, Thanks for being here. Bye.